this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag for Paris podcast. It is wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. There are two scripture readings that tie in with the lesson for the day, found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and it's on the theme of being spiritually gifted. Beginning at verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all people. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge, to another by means of the same Spirit, faith, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and same Spirit, and the Spirit gives them to each one just as he determines. Then I want to jump from verse 14 to 20. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. I know that many folks today enjoy a lot of different sports. Perhaps you have been an athlete yourself and you have engaged in different activities. Or perhaps you have gone to watch your children participate in sports programs. And sometimes we even get the opportunity to go and watch professional athletes perform in their particular sport. Uh, some people are able to afford to actually have a box seat, and there are television screens, and people come and serve you food and drink. But I think the most fun and the most enjoyment is when you actually engage in the sport. There's lots of spectators, but God has called us in the game of life to be players. When Jesus first called people to him, he said these words, Come and follow me. And what he was saying is this. Come and get into the game. Become a player. And the reason God wants us to become a player in the game with him is because this is the best life possible that we could ever think that we would have. And if we're just going to be a spectator in life, we are going to be missing out on so much of what God has to offer to each one of us. 
And so Paul, writing to these Christians in the city of Corinth, wanted them to become not spectators, but players in the game. And he wrote about the reality of how God has equipped every single person. And he says this in verse 7. Now to each person is given spiritual gifts. But notice this, for the common good, for the building up of the church. The idea is that as a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence in our life. And he gives to us abilities and strengths and motivations that we might serve God in a very unique way. In fact, God has hardwired us uniquely to be able to be players in the game. And it is really the work of the Holy Spirit that actually energizes us so that we can serve other people. And as the text says, together we build each other up. That's where we start. We start by getting into the game. But there are lots of people who might say, I can't serve because. So here's some possible excuses people might make. I can't serve because I'm not qualified. Or I can't serve because there's nothing really special that I am able to do. Or some might say, I'm not really spiritual enough to be able to serve. As you look at history in the scriptures, God used a lot of people who didn't think that they were qualified to serve. There was a young man whose name was Jeremiah, and God said, Jeremiah, I have called you to be a prophet, and you are to speak my word to the people. And Jeremiah said, God, that can't be me. I'm far too young. And then God called a man whose name was Moses. He'd been raised as a prince in Egypt, had to flee for his life. And God speaks to him as he is attending the flock of his uncle Laban and says, Moses, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh and you are going to tell him to set my people free. What's the first thing Moses says? God, can't be me. I don't speak very well. In fact, I have a speech impediment. I'm not qualified. And then there was the prophet Jonah. And God said to him, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and speak to the people. But Jonah was directionally challenged. And he goes in the opposite direction because he just didn't want to do it. And then there's this guy called John the Baptist, kind of a weird individual. He wore animal skins and lived in the wilderness and he ate bugs. But he was going to be the person that would be the forerunner of Jesus, the Messiah. And then there's Martha, a woman obsessed with housekeeping and cooking. I'm not referring to Martha Stewart. This is the Martha in the Bible. But the amazing thing is that God used every one of these people in remarkable ways. So the question I have to ask of myself, and maybe you could ask of yourself is, what excuses are we making 
so that we don't enter into the game. You know, anyone in the Bible could have said no simply because they felt terribly inadequate. But think of everything they would have missed by not responding to God. So Paul takes us back in the letter to the Corinthians, and he tells us what God actually does in our life. It says this, Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are a variety of services, but it's the same Lord. There are a variety of activities, but the same God who activates all of them in everyone. So look at what God is going to do. He's going to give a variety of gifts, a variety of ways of serving. There's all kinds of different activities, but it's going to be God who makes it happen. And so God has a plan that he wants to use every single one of us in different ways to minister amongst the people of God where we find ourselves located. God doesn't want you to do it out of a sense of guilt that you think you have to do it or that someone is twisting your arm and trying to manipulate you into doing things. If you do it for those reasons, you're going to find you have no time, no energy, and no space to serve God in the way that he is calling you to serve. You're just doing it because other people are guilt-tripping you or even trying to manipulate you. So think about it. Each of us have one life to live. How are we going to actually use that life? And so God has created a community called the church. And God has designed and created spiritual gifts. And he gives gifts as he determines to every follower of his. So these gifts are to be used. And every single one of us have a part to play. So if God has given you the gift of leadership, then you lead. If he's given you a gift of teaching, then you teach. If he's given you a gift of administration, then you help to run things. If he's given you the gift of hospitality, then you welcome people. And if he's given you the gift of mercy, you can begin by showing kindness to other people. And when you serve in your area of spiritual giftedness, you are making yourself available for God to work through you. So you see, in the kingdom of God, there are no superstars. They're either going to be people in the stands or players in the game. And when you're in the game, you have the absolute joy of developing and sharing the gifts that God has given to you with other people. And the wonderful news is this, that you will make a difference. I have found this discovery, and I'm sure many other people have. And the discovery is this. If I aim just to please myself in life, nothing is ever enough. But if my aim is to discover and develop my giftedness, I will discover joy in helping other people. So think about the first one. If my aim is just to please myself, no matter how much we have, no matter how much we accomplish, eventually we all know that the thrill wears off. 
Some people think if I can just have a little bit more, then I'll be satisfied. Years ago, a very wealthy financier was asked this question. How much money would it take to satisfy you? And his answer was this. Just a little bit more than I presently have. In other words, there will never be enough. And so for a lot of people, they are hoping to find fulfillment in satisfaction by pleasing themselves. And so for these folks, life is all about me. It's all about me. Jesus said, I am building a community of people. And the focus is not following my agenda, but in discovering, developing, and using the giftedness that God has given to me. And what we're going to discover is that we will have amazing joy in our life as we are actually serving God by serving others. You know, at the end of our life, we're going to stand before God. How wonderful it would be to hear these words that Jesus spoke of in the Gospel of Matthew when he says, Well done. You are a good and faithful servant. Can you imagine God speaking those words to you? How awesome that would be. Good and faithful servant. Now, some people get hung up on the idea of servant. In fact, that's a difficult concept for some people to actually swallow, especially in our world of superstars and celebrities. Even the followers of Jesus from time to time struggle with that. In fact, one time they were having a conversation, a couple of the disciples, and one of them said, so who do you think is going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God? If you think back to the sporting world, it was Muhammad Ali who made the declaration that I am the greatest. And as we see him today, he struggles just with physical mobility. Here's what Jesus said about being a servant. He said, whoever among you wishes to be great must be the servant of all. And Jesus just didn't talk about it. He actually did it. There's a story in the Gospels where they're preparing to have a meal, a very famous meal called Passover, a Jewish celebration every year to remind them of their liberation from the slavery in Egypt. And the custom was when you went to a house in the Middle Eastern world, often you would be wearing sandals, your feet would be dusty, and a servant would wash your feet as you entered the home to give you a sense of refreshment. So as the disciples come for the meal, there is a towel and a basin, but no one is going to wash each other's feet. So Jesus takes the towel and the basin and that act of a servant and washes every one of their feet. He didn't do it because that was his spiritual gift. He did it because he knew that community is built by serving each other. And so the essence of our spiritual gifts is about, not by personal fulfillment, but it's about being a follower of Jesus and using my gifts in a way that Jesus would use gifts when he was ministering here on the earth. Because I want to be the kind of person that he was.
So servanthood is this. It's saying, Lord, as best as I can, and with your help, I will do what you did. So let's get personal for a moment. Maybe you can just think about this in terms of your own relationship with God and where you are with your life. And I would ask you just to let God speak into your own heart in this moment. So where are you today? That's the question. Where are you today in this whole area of following and serving God? And only you can answer that question for yourself, as only I can answer it for myself. But the first would be this. There are some who have discovered, and you are actually using your spiritual gifts. If that is so, God is delighted. And we want to say thank you for your ministry to the people of God, because what you are doing is absolutely essential. There may be some who are in a discovery mode. You are seeking spiritually to try to understand what this relationship with Jesus is all about, but you have not yet committed your life to him. Your task is to simply keep seeking, and God will be found. There could be some who today are in a bit of a crisis mode. Maybe you've experienced some trauma in your life. Maybe you are living with some loss in your life, and you are in a season where you need healing in your life. You are in a place where you need the ministry of others who will serve you and gently care for you. And there may be some who have committed their life to Christ, have even learned what some of their spiritual gifts might be, but you're not yet in the game. You need to come and enter into the game. So some final thoughts. And I ask you to think about this because these might be excuses that we can so easily come up with. The first one is, well, people don't need me. The answer is, yes, we do. The Jesus that we follow and the community of faith that he is gathering around himself called the church is not about attending. It's about serving the Lord and his people. Some might say, well, you know, I am very busy with my life. The question we have to ask is this, what are our priorities? And what is so important that keeps you so busy that one day you will not hear the words of the Lord, well done, good and faithful servant, simply because you've been too busy following your own agenda. And the third thought might be this. I don't really know what my spiritual gifts are, so how can I follow? So let me ask you a question. What really excites you about your engagement in ministry? Do you like to work with children? Do you have an interest in music? Do you have administrative skills? Do you have leadership? Do you like helping people? Do you like praying for one another? You know, in the Bible, it's mentioned about 28 different spiritual gifts. 
And that could just be a summary, and there could be a lot more. So I hope you will find out how God has hardwired you, and that will enrich your life. And to help you to do that, let me share with you this little book called Network. We're going to lead a four-week session using this booklet as a teaching guide to help you discover your spiritual giftedness, your passion to serve God and others, and how we can use the uniqueness of your personality in this season of life to enable others to be blessed through your ministry. So there will be an opportunity for you to sign up. You will see it in the announcements. But take the time. It's two hours for four weeks. That's eight hours of your time. Many people have gone through this teaching course and their lives have been enriched and they have found great joy in serving God but discovering, first of all, their giftedness and then how they can serve Him. Would you consider that as a possibility this day? I'm going to invite you to join me in this prayer. And as you're watching it online, simply say this prayer as you join me. Let's pray together. Lord, by your grace and with your strength and help, I give myself to serve you and others in whatever way you want me to. I am available. Amen. And now as you go into the rest of your day, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you always and grant you his peace. For we pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So go from this place to serve God with all your heart. The Lord be with you. Amen. today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 1030 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B dot C-A. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, we have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free
free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca and I'll get back, right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.